0: Testicles, testicles, one, two, three. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Ashley Classy. Uh, this episode is falling back into my summer jam edition of reviewing uh, Game of Thrones episodes. Uh, this week, we'll be reviewing episode four, The Spoils of War. Episode four season uh, of season seven, The Spoils of War. Um, I rec- previously recorded reviews for episode two and three, but shit happened. So it didn't, it didn't, uh, I didn't get re- I was not able to post them. Uh, they didn't record correctly and I'm not going back and recording again, so if you really want to hear what those sound like, you pretty much have to be the 3 out of raven that brand claims he is now and to be able to go back in time and listen to what I talked about in those podcasts. It's a, it's a whole lot to touch on to in those first, or those second two episodes, the two and three episodes that um, I didn't get to properly record or give they didn't record properly so I didn't get to Put them on here. So, um, again, I apologize, but I don't get paid for this. I just do it out of enjoyment. So, I'm not apologizing too much. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so this episode is supposedly going to be the shortest episode of the entire series. It's about um, clocks in at a little, little under 54 minutes but they chalk and cram a whole lot of shit into this episode. I'm going to try to touch on um, like I've done in, in the previous episode where I did a review. I'm going to try to touch on every scene as we go forward and, and, uh, and break down the scene, give my thoughts and, and try to put a little backstory to everything and give a little side information and see um... see how it goes from there so um... here we go the first scene opens up with the lannister forces uh... return to king's landing with all the gold and supplies they took after defeating um... high in, in the last episode um... jamie killed elena terrell poisoned her she admitted to him um... that she's the one that killed joffrey um and told him to, to make sure Cersei knows he's the one who did it. I don't think even, you know, when he if he if he ever gets back to Cersei, I don't think he'll ever give that give that information to to Cersei, but that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't think Jamie will, will let her know. Uh I think the only reason he would let her know is to, to pre- protect Tyrion or to try to clear Tyrion's name. As as I've said before, I think Jamie even though he is in love with his sister. I think he loves his brother more than he loves his sister. Um, so I think Tyrion, I think Tyrion may be the, um, the only reason he gives that information to Cersei again, to try to clear Tyrion's name. Um, I don't think he gave two fucks about Joffrey, to be honest with you. Uh, and shit, who would? He's a little fucking prick. But, um, yeah, so he, um, they're they're taking all their their gains, everything they won from defeating the um, the Dornish forces, the and the um, the uh, Tyrells and Highgarden, back to um, back to King's Landing. Um, this is the first time. Well, we saw uh, Bronn at the end of the last episode, but this is the first time that. Um, Good old mister uh, mister give me ten good me and I'm pregnant that bitch himself Bronn shows up, and it actually has um Actually has dialogue Bron is the funniest motherfucker on the show to me man do this everything comes out of his mouth is fucking hilarious But he's also a badass probably Probably a top ten fighter on the show, and I'm I'm glad they um Glad they finally got him back in action, and he had quite a bit of action in this episodes. We'll get to later um it's, 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 again, he's, he's so funny. It's, it's, they show Jamie stopping one of the, uh, gold carts, the carts that they, um, took from Tyrell, the gold they took from Tyrell to stop one of them so he can grab a bag of gold to pay Braun. It was a huge bag of gold. Um, pay, pray Braun for his services because even though he's not necessarily sworn to Jamie, he's, he's Jamie's right hand man, but Jamie knows dude's a fucking mercenary, so he gives him some gold and, um, here goes Bron doing what he always do does, um, bitching about not having a castle. He deep, de- desperately, desperately wants to move beyond his station in life, or, or where he's you know been, where he's been before, and he wants to actually have something. Wants to, but really wants to amount to something, to have something to his name, and he 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 thinks the castle will get them that. And he's not thinking about the upkeep of the castle, the fucking people who lived in the castle before. Now that he just. He gave me my goddamn castle, and um, as it, he's just fucking, he's hilarious to me. Um, Bronn really wants nothing to do with this this war bullshit, to be honest with you. But like I said, he's um, he's loyal to the Lannister brothers, um, and quite possibly the best mercenary in all of uh, Westeros. So, you know, he, he's um, he knows what he's good at. And even though he wants nothing to do with it, he's not gonna. He's not gonna back down. He's there for the long haul, um, and he's there for the long haul. And, he, and like I said, his his loyalty to the Lannister brothers is admirable. And it's don't fuck around and get him killed one day. Um, <clears throat> so they send a, they again. They send everything they took from the High Garden into uh, into King's Landing, or they're they're approaching King's Landing. Uh, the next scene is Cersei talking to the um uh, the loan officer or the the uh goon that the iron bank sent not necessarily a goon just the lackey that the iron bank sent to Kings Landing to collect on their collect on their um, the Lannister debt um the Cersei is Cersei is letting them know that hey we're not when when this is when this gold arrives, our debt is our debt with you is done. And the guy's the guy who's working for the Iron Bank is like, No, we you know, we we appreciate it. We've never seen anybody pay off this amount of debt this, this fast, you're more impressive than your father, blah blah blah. And he's basically buttering her up to get her to try to get more help from the Iron Bank or to or at least basically they're, they're acting like a shicey ass car title loan place and just basically, you know. We'll give you this much, but we still want the interest in, you know, how can we get you to keep using our services? And Cersei knows, um, even though she's repaying all the their the Lannister debt, because Lannisters always pay their debt, that's their word. Um, even though they're paying all that back, they she won't be able to finance an ongoing war against all the kingdoms that, get, that are getting ready to rise up against her. So she knows she needs the Iron Bank, the Iron Bank to, uh, back her. And, um... And the Iron Bank wants to keep making money off the back of the Lannisters. Um, <clears throat> Cersei mentions she's getting ready to hire a mercenary company, the Golden Company, which is an Essos. And the thing about this, I don't think a lot of people realize or know that Dario Naharis, the guy who, when Danny was a Marine, when she was in the Pyramids, the mercenary dude who um, who was banging her out, he's, um, he's basically associated with the Gold Company. So she's basically when it all boils down to it with the gold company, if she's trying to hire that mercenary group to come back and uh help her fight, that she's um she's hiring Danny's Danny's fuckboy, honestly. She's she's hiring Danny's dick on the side. And that's not gonna work out well for her. So we'll see, you know, down the road if they, if she actually gets in contact with them and they, they head toward Westeros, leave uh marine, come across the narrow sea or whatever, and, and try to help Cersei out. Um, will that attachment that Dario has to Danny's, will that still be in play when they get there? Um, Moving on to the next scene. It's uh Littlefinger handing Braun the Valerian Steel dagger that the assassin tried to kill him with back way back in episode one. Um Littlefinger hands Bra uh Braun the episode. I mean hands Braun the um the Valerian steel dagger that the dude tried to slit his throat with and starts talking about how, you know, this 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 dagger made you the man you are right now, you know, even that sent you on your journey. Um that you know got you to this point uh i wish i could hand you the and then he was like i wish you could. i could hand you the dagger that slit your mother's throat i would definitely i would if i was there i'd be the one who. St- i would stand in front of that dagger and take it to my heart myself and i i, I really think this creepy motherfuckers really really did love caitlin stark uh caitlin stark but he man, you you got to be a, a weird motherfucker to always talk fly about somebody's mother and how you want to, basically how you want to fuck their mother every time you speak about him, and that's basically how fucking Littlefinger approaches talking about Catelyn. Every time he talks about Catelyn, it's like I loved your mother, I loved your mother. I'm like bitch, my daddy loved my mother. He was married to her. Why you keep telling me this bullshit? Motherfucker, is just a goddamn perv. But why he's doing all that? <clears throat> excuse me, Why he's doing all that, that bullshit, talking and, and trying to be fake eloquent as he always is, brand interrupts him and um, asks him if he knows who the dagger belongs to. And Littlefinger's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, you motherfucker, he's sitting in line to a man who can see the past. I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure he already knows what's up. He knows you fucking, he knows to a certain extent that you are the one who's responsible for it. Maybe he hasn't gotten the clear vision yet but brand is on a little finger um and it shows um when little finger was he shows brand knows what's up and he it pretty much shows Littlefinger finger when little finger was was like you know you did all this only to make it home to find such chaos in the world and brand hits him with that old uh chaos chaos is a ladder line i don't know if everybody um remembers, remembers Varys and Littlefinger in the, episode, I mean, the first season when they were in the, um, standing in the throne room where, where the iron throne was and, and Littlefinger issued that same line to Varys chaos as a latter. Um, and the look on Littlefinger's face, that motherfucker was shook. He's like, what the fuck? How would you know this? How would you, how, you know, how would you know I said this before? And, um, before he can get into, you know, trying to question Brand or figure out, you know, where else is coming from, uh, Mira Mira Howland interrupts him, and, and Littlefinger leaves. Uh, Mira is there to tell Brand she's getting ready to go home. She's like, "When the White Walkers come or whatever's coming right now, I need to be with my family." Brand was like, "Bye, bitch. <laughs> I moved on." You know, it's like Brand is is you know, she's like, "You died in that cave. You know, my brother died for you. Hodor died for you." Summer died for you, you know, his dire wolf died for him. Like everybody died for you to save your life. And she's like, I almost died for it. He's like, Thank you. Bye. So, you know, Brand is Brand is not Brandon anymore. He is not fully the three-eyed raven, but he's 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 really approaching that level. You know, he's he still has a lot to learn, but he's he's not Brandon Stark Brandon Stark anymore. Um so the next scene uh opens up with a Oh, somebody's sitting on a horse on a snowy hill looking in down at winterfell and it, it's aria and she's finally made it home after five no after shit yeah she left probably she loved winterfell the second episode maybe the third episode of season one and it takes all the way to the fourth episode of season seven for her to finally make it home and it's fucking it's, it's amazing it's 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 a beautiful scene it's um the cinematography was great the way they filmed you know the camera rising up over the hill behind ariel aria looking down on winterfell was was beautiful um she gets to the gate and, and um tries to get in and to guard stop her um they don't believe you know why would somebody believe some random girl coming up to the gate saying i'm aria stark i'm the one who I'm 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 a daughter a daughter of Winterfell. This is my home, and again, it's been seven seasons, and you know who knows how many years. I'm not sure about the timeline now with the show. Since anybody of note has seen Arya, you know, somebody who would know she is, so they wouldn't believe her. What what tripped me out is like these motherfuckers, these dudes in this in this show, or these guards, the guard, the big guard in particular, was like taking a swing at aria trying to punch in the face i'm like bro your grown-ass man swinging on a 16 year old girl he tried to punch in the face what the fuck is wrong with these people he man everybody in the show is fucking a bunch of goddamn savages i don't know what the fuck the problem is but anyway the guards let her in tell her to wait they turn it back and she dips um she goes to the tombs beneath winterfell to look at her father's um look at her father's, I guess, statue or whatever you want to call it. And, um, Santa wants to meeting her down there. Um, they talk for like two seconds and they hug and it's like really, you know, it's really touching embrace these, you know, two sisters, again, who haven't seen each other in seven seasons, our time, uh, finally reunited, you know, they, they exchange pleasantries, you know, sons, um, all right, tells her that she looks good as a as a um you know, she looks the the her being a lady of Winterfell suits her. And um and, you know, again it's it, it's it, it was cool to see could see the family get back together. I don't know why people are trying to build this um adversarial relationship between all the siblings on the show. Um they they were you know, they were all they had, they had kid relationships, you know, they, they weren't like they had been through any trials and tribulations through life. They, they bickered. They argued when they were together, when they were younger, but they were still family. And I don't know. I think things just were, were just awkward or just awkward as they, you know, start to interact with each other. Cause again, interact, interact with each other because again, they, it's not like they had hella bonded relationships. They're just, you know, awkward around one another. Um, and and going back to the first first season and the first uh, few episodes you can tell that they didn't you know e- everybody was they were brother sister they had brother sister relationships but none of them everybody was tight with John nobody was tight with each other and that's 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 the feeling i got from it um but you know Everybody was tight with John, except Sansa. Sansa treated everybody like a bitch, so, you know, I can I see why Bran and, and everybody kind of stand office with her and, you know, not hug her and whatnot. But, um, as they talked, Sansa, uh, Ar- I'm sorry, Arya was like, I heard you killed Joffrey. Sansa was like, I wish I did. And Arya was like, mm, shit, I wish I killed him, too. Um, Arya at that point mentions her, you know, she was like, well... You know, he was always at the first one on my list, and Sansa was like, what list? And, and um, Arya was like, the list of people I'm going to kill. And they both laugh it off. But Arya had the laugh of a, so- uh, a psychopath. Like, Arya is, is... I wouldn't say she's broken. She is who she is. And, and right now, she's she's a little sociopath. She's ready. Uh, she's Her mission is to kill everybody on her list. She's Her mission is to be a badass little assassin. And... and she's proven that she's up for the task, um, but she's a, she's a little limited, uh, from, from the tomb, uh, Arya and Sansa go to the Weirwood tree where, uh, I see Bran sitting in his little homemade wheelchair, like professor X. Um, they talking about, he talks about, um, seeing Arya. He talked about seeing Arya at the, uh, at the crossroads. And she's like, you saw me? He's like, yeah, I have visions. Um, I can see what you uh, see where you're going and um I didn't know I, I expected you to go to uh King's Landing and not would have fell, and uh, Sansa was like, Why are you going to King's Landing? And 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 uh Brown was "Because like, Cersei's on his, on her list. And then you can see it finally clicking in Sansa's head that um Arya is serious. Arya has a list for real, you know, you may never know who's on that list. And she questioned her like, um, "Who was on your list?" And fuck, am I on this motherfucker? Like, what the fuck? And um, you know, so she she um, yes, yeah, answer questions about it, and, and you know they they kind of brush over because um because Brian, Brian um shows in the dagger that Littlefinger gave her. And, um, like, Ari is like, why the fuck do you have a Valerian Steel Dagger? And he's like, Littlefinger gave it to me, and Sansa was like, nah, bruh, you know, uh, Littlefinger does nothing altruistically. This motherfucker gave you that for a reason. Like, what, what you know, what's the deal? Why do you, why did you even accept it? He's like, I don't even want it. And he hands it to, uh, he hands it to Arya. He's like, I'm a cripple. I can't do shit with this. You know, here you go. So, that was that scene, they, they, they're, they're trying, I, I feel personally watching each other, they're trying to build conflict and it's ham-fisted between the uh, Stark siblings. But I really think they're, from, from this scene and from what, you know, going forward, I think they're building to where the conflict will, will not be between them, but be, but be between them and be, won't be between each other, but between them and the, uh, between Littlefinger and I'm hoping, you know, at the end of the day, that that Valerian steel dagger is used to slit little thing in his throat and watch that fucking creepy motherfucker bleed out in front of everybody. So moving on to the next scene is, um, it's Danny and Masande walking down that long ass staircase again <clears throat> to meet, um, to meet John in the dragon glass caves. Um, they're, as they're walking down to meet him, um, they're followed by a group of Unsullied. These fucking these motherfuckers look like they smell so fucking bad. And they always bucking up to people. I hope John fucks when I'm up at some point this season. Just to show that y'all motherfuckers are not that not that hard. But anyway, <clears throat> um, Danny and, and Masande are walking down the staircase, and, and Masande asks um, asks Danny about the Unsullied. You know, any report, anything, what's going on with him. Um, and they basically devolve into them gossiping about Grey Worm eating that box. Um and they didn't really get to get into detail about uh Grey Worm Grey Worm and Masani and what they did the night before he left because uh she meets she meets John at the bottom of the stairs and he um escorts Danny into the Dragonglass Caves where he shows him cave oh, okay, paintings on the children of the forest and uh, first men joining forces to fight the White Walkers. Um, I think the drawings of the of the White Walkers finally convinces Danny that the um that they really do need to combine forces and and fight the White Walkers. And Danny says as much. She's like, I, you know, once I finish what I'm doing, I will help you in the North. My forces will help you fight. But she comes with that bend the knee bullshit again. Um, and 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 John's like, I cannot. I, I, my people will not follow a southern ruler, and she's like, your pride won't let you bend the knee. But her her pride is keeping her asking him to bend the knee, and it's getting really fucking old. Like, stop with the bend the knee shit. You see this this man is coming, which coming to you with it with like a, a serious serious threat to really all life on that weird ass little planet y'all live on, and you you're worried about somebody bowing down to you when y'all need to fucking Eliminate that threat and try to deal with kingdoms and, and whatnot after the fact, you know, get that shit done situated later um <clears throat> So Again, she shows he shows her that they they wind up leaving out of the cave Um uh, after john, you know announces you know, this is enough dragon glass to to win the war we can do this We can this is this is gonna save everybody But as they leave the cave they're greeted by Tyrion and various um Tyrion and, and he lets them know that even though the Unsullied took Castle Rock, that they were they were duped. They, the their, The Unsullied fleet was sank by Euron Greyjoy's fleet outside of Castle Rock. None of the people, the gold, or any of the food they thought would be in Castle Lake Rock was there. They'd already been um, they'd already been taken by the Lancet forces. They basically left um, a skeleton crew there to fight the Unatelli, or died to fight the Unatelli. And we um, left Castle Rock there. And that goes back to a theory I had in the episodes that got recorded but nobody heard, is that I really think there's a spy in Danny's group. Um, common sense, because of who he is, would, would say that Varys is the spy, but I really think Varys is dedicated to Various is dedicated to Danny's, for, um, Danny's beliefs, ideas. He's he's ready to help her achieve her goal of being the Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. So that would leave, uh, you know, as far as the people that's still alive that started with her in the season, um, that would leave Tyrion. And I don't think, I really think Tyrion is trying to make a name for, for himself as a commander, as a, as a military mind, or as a, a person in Westeros of. Of high esteem. I don't think he is ready to, or even thinking about betraying Danny. I think there is Elizabeth I don't know what it is about Sunday She's giving off a shitty vibe to me right now this season. Um, there's a, a, a bunch of side sideways glances and and just mannerisms that's telling me she's she's not who she says she is. Um, even going back to when. Davos recognized her or didn't recognize her accent and asked her where she was from. And she said the island of Noth. And when he started giving her details about Noth, she kind of froze up. You know, so that's 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 a big one for me. And if anybody has firsthand information and can tell somebody detailed plans or get information to somebody about what Danny is doing, there's nobody closer to Danny than Ms. Sunday, And I really... I really do think she's the mole in the, uh, in the organization who's, you know, I mean, there's no there's no way the Iron Fleet should have caught up with everybody that was going to Dorne to get more soldiers that fast. There was no way, again, that the Lannisport or uh, Castle Lake Rock should have been empty when the Unsullied got there if they didn't know ahead of time that somebody was, you know, that the people were coming. Um, I think it's a situation that bears watching i hope it's not true i hope there's no no mole in danny's in danny's crew but uh there is she she's definitely she's definitely a number one on my list um uh, back to Tyrion and and Varys telling her what happened uh danny throws one of her temper tantrums. her temper is getting really out of control if uh people are really paying attention to it um She's leaning more and more toward being like a father with the Mad King. Um, her first idea whenever something goes wrong is, I got dragons, let's go burn these motherfuckers up. Um, let's teach them a lesson that way. And it basically comes down to John telling her that um, the people who follow her believe in her. They think she uh, works miracles. They think she can get it done. But the minute, and you know, they're tired of being ruled by shitty people, tired of living and shit, but they said the minute she, he told her the minute she, you use those dragons to melt innocent, innocent people and, and use your rage as your weapon and not your, not your mind, not your common sense, not, not your tactics. You become no better than anybody else who's been leading these people. And you, I mean, he's like, you, you have to be better than what's going on right now. So, that was the end of that scene. The next scene was, um, the Arya and Brienne fight scene, and it was, it was, it was fucking awesome, man. Brienne is probably, as far as people living on the show right now, probably a top five sword fighter, swords, swordsman, swordswoman in the realm. And, um, she was training Padre and Arya walked up while they were training and asked her to train, you know, ask Brianne to train her or have a sparring session with her. And Arya gave her that work. <laughs> Arya came out fucking twirling swords like a goddamn juggler. Um she she um she matched and bettered Brian Brienne pretty much at every 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 stroke until Brienne fucking survived, kicked in her chest and made her fall. And and fucking Arya got laid on the ground on the back and then Then uh, fucking hopped up like a goddamn ninja. And basically disarmed, uh, not disarmed Brienne, but got up underneath her sword and put that, da- that uh, Valerian steel dagger to her throat. And they both stopped and smiled. It was like, this is, you know, both of them like this is badass. Brand was like, "Who taught you that move?" And Aria was, "No one." And I think that was Aria uh, acknowledging, acknowledging her training and basically the the people who helped her get to where she, you know, where she is right now. You know, Syria Pharrell, the uh, her original uh, swordsman trainer, and um, um, the Faceless Man and and Bravos, and then also Black and White. She was acknowledging acknowledging them and. It was cool as shit, and while all that was going on, um, Littlefinger and Sansa were watching from above, and you could see Sansa was like, looked like she was physically sick to her stomach, because she was like, my sister is, really is not bullshitting about this list. Like, my sister is a fucking killer right now, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to approach this. And people, you know, from stuff I've seen a lot of people are like, why is Sansa? Why she's so jealous of Arya and or her siblings? Blah blah blah. Why she's doing this? I don't think that's, you know, her jealousy. I think that's terror. Like my sister, my little sister, who was just a little tomboy. Last time I saw her, is a fucking full blown killer right now. I'm like, how how do I handle this? How do I approach this? You know, and so going forward, i will see how that how that plays out. Hopefully, Sansa use her uses her f- fake smartness to uses to use um our skill sets are her advantage going forward you know you she she needs she'll need she'll need are she'll and then you know i i really think that sansa will put that into play at some point and again hopefully it's against little finger we'll see um the next scene because the next scene is john davos talk um Davos is asking what he thinks of, asking John what he thinks of Daenerys, and John kind of beats around the bush and is like, and Davos is like, man, I see you watching, I see you checking this bitch out, I know you trying to fuck, you know, we ain't got time for this shit right now. Uh, They walk up on Masande, they're talking to her. Uh, Davos is still beating, uh, you know, filling her out uh, again and on the sly and then and trying to figure out what she's about. And as they're talking, they know it's the Greyjoy ship and, and, um, a Greyjoy ship rowing up in the bay behind from where they're standing. So, um, John Davos, Masande and a handful of Rocky soldiers uh, meet, meet the uh, Greyjoy crew at the beach in the Theon. And, um, John walks up on Theon like everybody else and treats him like a little bitch. He's like, if you're one for what you, what you did for Sons, I'd kill you right now. Um. Like why are you here? It's like and Theon's like, I'm coming out ask the Queen for help to um, rescue my sister Yara from um from his uncle Euron. And it's like Queen's not here. And uh, Theon's like, Where is she? And so that question leads us to probably one of the best scenes in this whole fucking series. Um we we uh they the next scene is they show the uh, Lannister forces, the Tarly forces—you know, everybody frowning—they're approaching the outside of King's Landing, and and Randall Tarly, um, Sam's father, Samwell Tarly's father, rides up to him and lets him know that all the gold is safely inside of King's Landing, and uh, we need to, you know, we need to hurry up before it's dark, because if we're ambushed, we won't be able to. The front line will get ambushed; the back line won't be able to help them. Um, so. You know, Jamie sends, sends Randall off to, to help escort all the gold in or help the forces get going. And um, Randall's son rides up. And uh, Jamie, clowns motherfucker like always, like, hey, what's your name again? Rickon? And dude's like, no, my name is Dickon. And Bran fucking laughs in that motherfucker's face. I mean, Bran laughs in that motherfucker's face. Braun is the shit. Um... And so they asked him about, you know, how did you feel that, you know, was this battle your first battle? And, um, he's like, it was glorious. And I was like, no, your father's not here. How was the first battle? And he was like, um, I didn't expect it to smell like that. <laughs> and Braun laughs. I'm like, man, grown men shit themselves when they die. Like, didn't you learn that in the fancy last school? And I almost fucking busted a gut laughing at that shit. The fancy last school is a, um, was a callback to. An old Chris Elliott movie called *Cabin Boy*, and he he went to a school for fancy lads, and um, it was called it was literally called a school for fancy lads, and, and everybody clowned him about that. So that was a really cool, you know, Easter egg fancy lad bullshit. Um, as they're sitting there talking to the fancy lad, Dickon, <coughs> Bron kind of stops in his tracks and he listens. And the sound on this was, was fucking marvelous. Um you you hear the ground start to rumble, And Braun looks around like, what the fuck is that? And um all of a sudden Jamie hears it too. He turns around, he hears it too. Then in, like in a full panic, he's like, Spears and shields, spears spears and shields. So that they're they're mustering the forces like, yo, something's coming right now. <coughs> Don't know what it is, but Everybody in the formation because we are about to see something. We, we, this is, this is fucking different. We don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, and as they sit there, you see thousands and thousands and thousands of Dothraki riders, uh, blood riders just pour over this hill in the distance. Um, and these motherfuckers coming for war. Um, it, it was a fucking sight to behold. But Braun was like, you know, Jamie, get back to Kingsland and get out of here. You're not a soldier. You're a commander. And and Jamie's dumbass. He goes saying in a way, he's like, fuck it, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with my men. And, and Bron, Bron tells like these motherfuckers are about to swamp us. You got to get out of here. And right as he says that, uh, Drogon... Drops out of the clouds like a fucking F 15 fighter jet and starts screaming toward the uh the the Lannister forces um like goddamn fighter jet and all you all you hear is Daenerys say Dracaris and as soon as he said that he lights the Lannister forces up it's fucking chaos you see uh fucking you, you see, Lannister man, that that whole army. She just sets them on fire. Um, it, it, it was fucking beautiful. It, the, the flames coming out of the dragon. They they finally. The first couple seasons when the dragons got big enough to where they weren't just on Danny's shoulder, they were actually flying around. The the computer animation on the show was shit. They looked horrible. This looked like a fucking movie. It was fucking beautiful. It was it was um, it was a fucking sight to behold. Watching, watching Drogon just fucking do work, just come in and light their ass so up. It, it was, it was something to see. Um, then they, they pan back to the Dothraki. The These motherfuckers standing on the back of their horses like people, ghost riding whips, fucking shooting arrows and shit, um, uh, shooting arrows at the, at the Lannister forces. The fucking Lannisters. Uh, I don't know. Again, you know, it, it seems like if you're a military. In that world, in that era, you would know that arrows are not gonna do shit to a fucking dragon, but for some reason they fucking get their archers to fire at Drogon as he flies over one time, and fucking arrows just fucking bounce off. Um, yeah, it's fucking. I'm like you fucking morons. Who else is a moron? It's fucking Danny to me. She's a fucking idiot because she's at one point this episode she was complaining about complaining about not being able to feed her men. But the main thing she's burning is food supplies. Like she made sure to follow the road into King's Landing with all the wagons and burn all those motherfuckers up. And I'm like, you just got through saying you can feed all your people and you are not burning anything but food right now. You're not even thinking about that shit. And it's fucking, she, she's, she does not think, she's reactionary. She's not, she's not proactive. She's reactive. And, um. It's going it's, I feel like it's gonna come back to fucking bite her in the ass. Uh, but back to the battle. Uh Jamie was fighting off a uh one of the Dothraki and, and winds up getting his sword hooked on his the the Dothraki's sword and uh Dickon came comes and saves him. Stabs Dude in the back. Um and at that point Jamie sends Braun to uh go use the weapon that quiburn quiburn the scorpion that quiburn had made for him with the uh basically the massive fucking 18 wheeler size crossbow that quiburn had made Jamie sends um sends Braun to go fired at the dragon and um i've also seen online you know after the episode a lot of people asking why did they have that crossbow with them why wouldn't they you know that um they're going to battle. They know Danny is on their shores with dragons. Why would they not, why would they go into battle without a weapon they know could beat, could beat the, beat a dragon if it showed up. So, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, so Bronn heads to Bron heads to the scorpion to try to take out the dragon. And he's being chased down by Dothraki. And one, and as you know, as the Dothraki catches him in the, basically the little carriage at the, uh, the crossbow is in. He opens the door, and he, and, and puts a fucking fucking ten foot arrow through this motherfucker's chest, and it's fucking cool as shit. Um. So they 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 pan out to Bron getting the crossbow ready. He fires a bolt at um at Drogon and misses, and Drogon swoops back down and burns more of the soldiers, and swoops back up and he comes. He comes back uh, flying back four for um. For Bron at the crossbow at the scorpion, and um Bron hits him. Bron actually hits Jorgen with the second arrow he shoots and it. I didn't I didn't think he would. Um. He only hits him and he only wings him. Hits him in the wing, and he starts spiraling down and um. Danny kind of gets him in control where he he kind of flutters down to. To where um Bron is and. He's, uh, Drogon spits fire and burns, burns the, uh, crossbow up. Now, the, the crossbow on the side, though, is called a Scorpion. Um, Scorpion's stings are poisonous. I truly believe, as much as they fuck with poison on this show, that, that Arrow probably was tipped with some kind of poison. Maybe it works on Drogon, maybe it doesn't. Um... I don't think they'll take out the biggest dragon this early, you know. This early with you know so many episodes left, there's still nine episodes left. I don't think they'll take him out. of Play this early, but he may be injured as of now, you know, and and healing right now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, while all this is going on, Tyrion is walking up the hill. Tyrion is walking up a hill outside of the battle and watching everything going on. He sees, <coughs> he sees the chaos. He sees all all this, and you can see like a look of like nausea on his face like what the fuck you know what's, what is going on what have we gotten ourselves into um well, and while you know why he's doing this the, the, the Dothraki, again in the background talking shit your people can't fight I'm like god damn man why don't y'all just take your dirty asses back to fuck where you came from I hate you motherfuckers um you see you see Tyrion watching from one angle and you watch Jamie watching from another um and you can see to me, this is the way I interpret it. The look on Jamie's face was I'm watching the mad King all over again. I'm watching somebody come in and burn all these people um, because of a temper tantrum, basically what it is or paranoia or the thought that this is your right. This is what you deserve. This is this is mine. I'll take it by any any means necessary. And Jamie's already killed one mad King. So. What does he do? He picks up his spear and approaches Danny, who's trying to pull the spear, who, who's trying to pull the arrow out of Drogon's uh, arm. And uh, uh, again, I've seen people see why is he charging the dragon. He's not charging the dragon. He was charging Danny. He was trying to get her up out of there. He was trying to kill her. Um, and while this, is, well, and the minute he starts to charge, they pan back to Tyrion, and Tyrion's like, "Flee, you idiot!" He's like, "You idiot! You fucking idiot! Why are you doing this?" And again, it goes back to, like I said, they their relationship, no matter what, they're brothers. He still loves his brother. He doesn't want to see his brother harmed, doesn't want to see his brother die. And he knows running up on a full-grown dragon with the dragon's mother is a recipe for the fucking disaster. Uh, so uh, I guess he you know, uh, Jamie charges. He gets about maybe 10 yards away from, from Drogon, maybe a little bit further out. And uh, Drogon turns around and spits fire at him. At this point, somebody, somebody rides up and dives off a horse and, and pushes Jamie into the lake that they were fighting by. And he starts to sink. Um, I'm pretty sure that was Bron. I've seen Dickon. I've seen other people, other people to save him. Um, or was the person that saved him? I'm pretty sure that was Bron. Um and they just, the the scene ends with, or the episode ends with Jamie sinking in into that lake, full through the arm, and so we'll see how it works out. So that's that's you know that's pretty much my breakdown for this episode. I really, I don't know where they you know where they go next episode. Um, considering that Danny is at King's Landing now, she's pretty much pretty much there. So she wants to go in and try to take it. She has a force that she can. Um, the majority of the military that was ready for battle is has she pretty much decimated them in the field. So, you know, Cersei Cer- Cer- doesn't have forces. Um, so, do they lay like, siege to King's Landing? Do they um, do they blockade King's Landing? You know, what do they do? So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty sure we'll see that next episode. But anyway, man, um, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry I didn't get to get to um, put out to you episodes two and three. They got recorded. But, you know, again, technical difficulties. My laptop is a piece of shit. So was the mic I had. So sorry about that. Anyway, um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you keep listening. Uh, Next episode. It's Sunday, and I think I have something really special for you guys. Um, it's going to be supposedly we'll figure it out, um, but I think I am going to live live podcast the uh, episode with a friend of mine, and um, we'll we'll watch it and give our thoughts while we're watching it. So we'll just go from there. Uh, should be fun. Come back, enjoy it with us, and I will see you later.
1: Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery fell into a ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And burn, 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 burned the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burned, burned, burned The ring of fire The ring of fire The taste Of love is sweet When hearts Like ours meet I fell for you like a child Oh, But the fire was wild. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Was down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burned, burned, burned. The ring of fire, the ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Was down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burned, burned ring of fire, the ring of fire, and it burns, burns, burns.